<laughs> bad nurse, bad nurse for life. So uh, before we get into the lesson, I have a couple things I want to say. First off is roll with the Holy Spirit today because I finished writing this last night and usually I like totally being have like two months of like I've repped this over and over. I know exactly what I'm saying and I don't know what I'm saying this morning. Jay, Ty and JJ came over last night and me and JJ talked about a few things and literally I rewrote two thirds of it last night. So who knows what's going to happen this morning. And the other thing I have to say is we're talking about the Sabbath this morning, and I don't know who decided we were doing a mini-series on dreams, but shame on them. I'm doing the Sabbath this morning because I want to do the Sabbath. So there. Amen. <laughs> so turn in your Bibles over to Deuteronomy 5. Um, and I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, God, Father, um, seriously, Father, this is your lesson this morning, Father. Um, I really pray so much um, just to rely on you. Um, there's so many neat, cool things about the Sabbath, Father, that I pray to just inspire people to look into um, and a call to action, a change of lifestyle, Father, something that we don't do regularly. Father, I want to instill in our hearts, Father. Thank you so much for this awesome morning. Thank you so much for being an amazing God. In your son's name, amen. Um, so while y'all are flipping to Deuteronomy 5, if you're not already there, um, I'm going to read a quick poem about the Sabbath. We're going to start and end with a little poem. Um, and so it reads, uh, There is this legal day by which some keep the law. They have joined it onto grace and made faith a legal chore. But I remember those words of life. I pray you also can. Jesus said, not man for the Sabbath, but Sabbath for the man. So in Jesus, all is, faith, all is fulfilled. For he made all things new. I will not despise your grace, O God. For God, I will rest in you. And one of the reasons why I chose this poem is because it's talking about the importance of the Sabbath and the grace that is in the Sabbath it's not about legalism. It's not about the rules and the things. I'm going to talk through a lot of different parts about the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is not a precision, precise thing you have to do this way. It is a concept. It is an idea. It is a grace that has been given to us. And so that's a lot of what we're going to talk about this morning. The Sabbath is absolutely something that is important even still today that we as Christians need to do that we've com completely forgotten. Let's read in Deuteronomy 5. Verse 12 says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, do, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son your daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your ox, your donkey, your, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servant may rest as you do. Remember that you were, that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand. And an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. 
So we're going to go through several parts of this and describe what is the Sabbath. The Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. So when God was writing down the ten most important things for the Jews to remember to do, this was one of them. So why do we not do it today? It was decided as one of the ten greatest thoughts, and yet somehow along the path we have decided that, yeah, the Sabbath was for the Jews. That was for those people. That's got nothing to do with us. It is completely relevant today. So far so that when they talked about the Sabbath, in Exodus 35, it says, Moses assembled the whole Israelite community and said to them, These are the things the Lord has commanded you to do. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day shall be the holy day, a day of Sabbath rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work is to be put to death. This is not a play-play thing. This is serious. This is as serious as any other commandment in the Bible. So what we're going to do is I'm going to kind of, I'm going to, summarize the seven key ideas that are in the Sabbath, that are in the commandment of the Sabbath. And then I'm going to break those down into three points, just three points. I promise just three points. I wrote out about 15 and then I deleted it down to about two. And then I wrote it about to eight and then deleted it down to two and then like six and down to, and I promise I'll do three points. And then I'll tell you some of what I do and how I have been learning this. This has definitely been like a huge journey for me over the past several years. Um, but it's something that I think is very important. Um, so the, the seven core tenets of what it is, it is a specified time. This is not any time you do not just, well, I woke up today and I've decided today is my Sabbath. That's not how it works. You plan in advance and set the time aside and plan how you're going to do your Sabbath. Um, you stop producing. Uh, we're going to talk about this, but this is one of my points because this is one of the biggest things that I think Americans in general, me in general, have a very hard time with. You stop producing and stop being valued by what you can produce. Um, you relax and have fun. God loves it when we have fun. The Sabbath was given to us to have fun. Uh, you remember God. You remember who he is. You remember what's important to him. You remember his divinity. You remember his power. You remember who God is. Um, you remember that God is God and that you are not. You put people in their right place. You uh, put him on his throne and you take yourself off of your throne. Because we constantly have this dichotomy of how much I do. So that is one of the things that we do. You remember where you came from. He talks about we were slaves in Egypt, but God has rescued us from that. And that's, that's a big part of the Sabbath is remembering where you came from. And I was an alcoholic and now I am not. I was a slave to pornography and now I am not. There, you have these lifestyles that you remember where you were and God saved you from. Um, and then you are to be a light on the hill. You are to show God's light to all the world. So those are the seven things very quickly. Seven quick things. That was six. All, all the more fun. Um, 
five, six, four. We'll go through the important ones. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. So I really want to talk to JD about maybe doing uh, several Wednesday nights in a row concepts on these because there's so much in here. I'm really trying to blaze through to get to the points um, because there's the, one of the really cool things about the Sabbath is there's a lot of really deep, deep truths. And since we haven't talked about the Sabbath, since we don't live the Sabbath, it's really hard to even begin a discussion because we don't have a baseline. So that's mostly what I'm trying to do is start with some form of a baseline and get us all to kind of buy in because there, there are things in the, in the Sabbath that has literally revolutionized the entire way that I view God. Um, that there are things... There was a time where I felt like I needed to be rebaptized because I had clearly, I'd never even known who God was. And I think this changed so much for me. So I'm trying to start at a baseline here. So that's, that's the running really fast, okay? So that being said, three points. First point, relax and have fun, okay? So, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. So relax and have fun. The relaxing is the one everyone thinks about with the Sabbath, right? The Sabbath is to stop. The literal word means to stop. Um, so what we, what we usually say is, yeah, it's the day of rest. Um, but we don't actually mean that in our real lives. Um, because the way that we discuss this is the Sabbath is the day that I go to church and then I eat a big meal and maybe I take a nap. And that's not what the Sabbath was. That was never the way that this was intended. Um, it's a set aside time for true relaxation and enjoying the things you never get to do. Um, the, the, the rest that we generally think of is the Facebook, the TikTok, the staring at the wall with a blank look, the watching TV, none of that truly brings rest. And I know that everyone has feel, felt this. I've totally felt this. And you look back and you're like, how much time has gone by? What happened? And yet you don't feel rested at all. And you don't feel like you got the relaxation that you deserved that you got this time for, that's not what this is. The, re the rest and relaxation is a rest of your soul. Yes, it means fun. That, one of the things that I do as part of mine is I get to play video games. And let me tell you, it is so much fun. And it seems like when I first started having a Sabbath, it seemed like, Playing video games? How was playing video games a spiritual thing? Like, that's, that's not a spiritual thing. But it was something that my heart truly longs for. There's everything in me that ever since I was a kid, I have loved dearly. And it is 30 minutes of my day. And that's all I get. And when that timer is up, I have to turn it off. And yes, I may want to finish whatever. And I want to finish the... But that's not how it works because this is what I'm getting. Um, and over time, you do feel a rest, and you get to have that time, and you look forward to it, and it is an enjoyment, 
And when it is done, I feel rested. I feel relaxed. I got that time. And that's only part of it. Don't get me wrong. That's not all of my Sabbath. Um, But... (laughs) But there is a part of this that is joy. You are intended to enjoy your life. The Israelites were a people that lived their life about production. They had to produce bricks. They were slaves. All of their life was about how fast they could work and pleasing their masters, their earthly masters. How fast can I make these bricks? How, can I, how, how much equipment do I need? If you take my straw away, can I still make these bricks? Ah, and their whole life was about making things. And God gave them the Sabbath to say, no, 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 no. That's not what life is about. Life is not about building things. Life is not about creating things. I didn't make you to build the world. I could have done that the whole time. If I wanted a temple, I would have made my own temple. I made you for a purpose. And your purpose is not to create. Your purpose is to love me. Your purpose is to enjoy life. Your purpose is to be together with me. Yes, part of that will be creating things. Yes, part of that will be work. But it's the kind of work that is like a kid on Halloween who is sorting out his candy. And it's very intense. And I've got to put all my Skittles over here. And I've got to put my Snickers bars over here. And the Almond Joys. Ooh, who likes Almond Joys? Anyways, push those to the side. But they're so excited to do it. But it is, in fact, work that they are doing. And that is the work that God wants us to do. He wants us to work. He wants us to get things and build the church and he wants us to have Bible studies and he wants us to make the church building amazing. But it is the work that rests and relaxes and enjoys life. That is the work that God has set aside for us. Um, I'm going to have multiple analogies about my wonderful children. Um, And if you don't have any form of baseline knowledge about children, things may get a little dicey. Like if you don't know that children make noise um, or that they talk or can listen. I don't know anyone who may or may not know that, Nathan. Nathan, Nathan. I don't know anyone who may or may not know that, Nathan. But... Um, but anyway, and of course, I'm just messing. But, um, but yeah, so in talking about my kids, w- the Sabbath really shows us our place in life. It shows us where we fit, right? And we fit the same way that a four-year-old fits into my life. My life is not better because of a four-year-old. She doesn't produce things for me. She does not create things. She creates messes. That's what she creates. But she doesn't do things. Oh, oh sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to back up just two more seconds before we get to all that. The story of our life, the story that we tell ourselves is that we have to create, right? Because when we talk about somebody, if I were to say, Micah, Micah, you were so good at resting. I need to be just like you and rest more often. No one thinks of that as a compliment. Everyone's like, man, Micah's so lazy. Let me tell you about Micah. People talk about his rest. But literally, like, we don't value it. Like, it is one of the lowest forms to us is we value working hard. 
oh man, you stayed at work for 12 hours? Look at you. But you're going to get a big paycheck off of that. Yeah. Instead of, no, I actually clocked out early because I want to go hang out with some friends because I needed that time. I'm always at work. And that would be frowned upon, you know? But truthfully, we do need that time because we do not work. We work to live. We do not live to work. Um, so, yes, story about my children. So if Ezra were to wake up tomorrow morning and come down the stairs and say, Dad, I really want to help you, I'd be like, hey, man, girl, yeah, let's do it. Why don't you start working on the dishes, right? And so she's going to unload the dishwasher, right? Oh, and this is really exciting for me. And she unloads all the plastic stuff, which is great because she can't break it. And then I help her with all the ceramic stuff because I don't want her to break it. And then when we're all done, she's like, like, that was great. What else can I do to help? And I'm like, uh, you have laundry. You have lots of laundry in your room. Why don't you put your laundry away? And so she goes up there and she spends another hour putting her laundry away, right? And then she comes downstairs and she's like, I want to do more. Okay. I mean, there's lots of things to do, um, but you could play. Like, playing's great. I would love if you went and played. I'm going to go pick up all the pine cones in the backyard for mommy. <laughs> okay, like, whatever, if that's what you want to do. So she goes to the backyard and she spends three hours picking up every single pine cone in the backyard, right? And then comes back inside and says, I want to help you with something. At this point, I don't want her help anymore, right? Like at some point, I want her to be four. Yeah, I want things to get done. And let's be honest, more than likely, I would not have gone to the backyard and picked up pine cones. It was not going to happen. But that wasn't what was important. You know, the pine cones, yeah, like, sure, maybe it makes the backyard really nice. And, you know, Tiffany has clients come to the backyard and, you know, that would be great. But that's not the point, you know. And that's one of the things that we're supposed to remember in the Sabbath yeah, we help God. We do. We can make God's life a lot easier by doing things, but if we spend all of our time doing the things, we've missed the idea. God wants us to have fun, you know? And if we're so busy doing things, and yet we miss his commandments, are we even still doing them for the right reasons anymore? Are we doing them because we want to do them? Because we've written our own narrative now, and now we become the producer for God, which is what he didn't want anyways. He didn't want us producing. He wants us to love him and have a good time with him and work with him, but not be a producer. So that's the first thing that I really, oh, hold on. And Jesse, if you'd play that, uh, if you'd play that clip for me. All right, Jesse. 
you can literally see everybody's face change. The sound of laughter changes everything. We're having a serious conversation and everyone's kind of like, you know, furrowed brows and yes, we should do this. And then everyone lights up and everyone starts laughing with this kid. Like that, that's what the Sabbath is about. The Sabbath is about joy. It's not about work. It's about life is joy. And that's what we get. So we need the Sabbath because that is what we need in life, is that joy. So the second thing we're going to talk about, the second thing we're going to talk about is how hurry is the killer of all spirituality. So there's this book, which I know that everyone has heard it because JD's told me about it like 14 levity times, um, but The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, it's a really good book. Ironically, it took me probably three years to read it, uh, but it is a very good book. And one of the reasons why it took me so long to read it is because it is literally everything in my life. Like, I run from one thing to the next. He talks about it in, in the very opening prologue. He talks about how he was a guy who, when he pulled up to a stoplight, if there was one car in one lane and three cars in the other lane, he would cut through the lanes of traffic to get to the one car lane. And that is literally me. Like, I'm like, at every moment, what is the most efficient? Because I got to do it and I got to do it fast. Um, and the whole point of the Sabbath is to remind us that hurry is the killer of all spirituality. Um, in this book, um, and it, once again, it's very early on in the book. Uh, I believe the guy's name is John. I believe. Um, and so John, said what? Yeah, 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 yeah. So John uh, calls Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard is another uh, very spiritual guy, writes several really good books. So John calls Dallas and says, hey, Dallas, I'm the leader of this megachurch, and this megachurch is doing all sorts of really cool things, and I really want to keep everyone engaged. How do I make my church awesome? And Dallas Willard like, sat for a long time, and he said, you have to ruthlessly ruthlessly eliminate hurry. And John was like, okay, that was great. Fantastic. Yes, we're going to do that. What's next? He's like, nothing. There is nothing else. Because hurry will kill all of the other things that you do. It eliminates all spirituality. And that hits me hard because... That's the definition of my life. Like I am constantly running from one thing to the next. I'm constantly doing things. I like having an entire day filled. I want, if I'm not doing something, then I go to find something to do because I have to be doing things. The option of not doing is not an option, you know? Um, and how thinking through that really made me take a step back, right? And it made me think about all of my worst moments and all of the times that I'm really messed up spiritually and the times that I'm not doing well, the times where I'm sinning. It's because of one of three things, right? It's either because I'm in a hurry and moving way too fast and I can't consider the people around me because I'm moving too fast. Or it's because I'm stressed and never relaxing, moving from one hurried event to the next hurried event, 
or it's because I'm always doing one of those things. Like I'm constantly moving from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. So I'm moving hurriedly. I can't sit down. I've got to go. My brain never relaxes long enough to stop doing those other things. So I'm always stressed. I'm always moving. I'm always doing the next thing. And that really is when I'm the lowest spiritually. Um, one, uh, one, one of the quotes that I was looking up when I was talking about hurry said, hurry and love are incompatible. Mm, wow. And I love that. I love that because you can think through every different type of love. If you think about relational love, it takes time to build a relationship. If you think about romantic love, you have to spend a lot of time with that person to build that romantic love and not just an infatuation because she's pretty, you know? But the one that really gets me is godly love. I've got to invest time with God to actually grow a relationship with him. No one accidentally is close to God. It is never by accident. You spend the time. Love is the whole basis of the entire Bible. If you're too hurried to have love, you've missed all of the other things. But let's take a second and think about all the other things. Let's think about how hurry ruins all the other fruits of the Spirit. How loving are you when you're late? How joyful are you when you're driving your car and you get cut off in traffic? When someone is really slow? How much peace do you have when you have 12 things to do and you only have time for one? And which one are you going to choose? I have peace for that. And you can literally march through the rest of them. If you are hurried, you cannot do those. How can you be self-controlled if you're hurried? You can't be self-controlled because you got to hurry to do all the things that you had in mind. You cannot be self-controlled and be hurried. You cannot have the fruits of the Spirit. We have to slow our lifestyle down to be able to make that work. So one time I um, had the girls. I don't remember exactly what was going on, but it was me and the girls, and we do these daddy-daughter dates every so often, right? And we, you know, it'll be me and the two girls, and we'll go to a movie, or we'll go to Sonic, or whatever, but the girl's favorite thing to do is to get DiGiorno pizzas, and cook them in the oven, and watch a movie, eat some popcorn, have DiGiornos, watch a movie. That's like, that's their favorite. So, One night, I was like, all right, girls, tonight we're having daddy-daughter date. And since I work nights, I never know what day it is. So whatever doesn't make. All days are the same. I got the girls. We're going to do this thing, except when all the days are not the same. And we get in the car, and Eden is like, well, Dad, it's Wednesday. How are we going to have a daddy-daughter date before church? And I'm like, oh, that's a really good point. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll have to do it tomorrow. And so I look down at the clock in the van, and the clock says 6 o'clock. And I go, we have church tonight. 
and the kids haven't eaten, and I have to go to the store, and I have to get food, and I'm going to come back to the house, and I'm going to cook it all, and then I'm going to run in as fast as I can to church and get them all ready. So I get in the car, and they're not even half buckled, and I'm like driving out the driveway, and we're going down the street, and I'm going like 25 in the driveway. I'm going like 60 down our road, you know, and I get to the main road, and I'm like on two wheels, and we get down, and I can't even make it to Walmart because we have to go to Publix. It's closer. We got to save that two minutes to cross that light. And I pull into the parking lot, and I jump out the car, and I don't wait for them. They will take four years to get out of the car. So I open the door, and I start walking, and I'm like, y'all better run. And so they open the door, and of course, they're running, right? Oh, my God, Dad, don't leave us. So they get in, and then we get into Publix, and I just pick them up and throw them in the cart, right? Because if they're going to walk in the store, they're going to be like, let me get this, and let me get No, we're not doing that. We're getting in the cart, and we're going to go. And so we get in the cart, and then I hit this lady with my cart, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I really, I, I'm so sorry. And then I drive off, right? And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And, and I'm like, what can I make quick? What can I make quick? Oh, uh, spaghetti, spaghetti. We can make spaghetti quick. So I like, grab the noodles, and I grab the sauce, and I drive over to the, what, drive my cart, drive my cart over to the lane, right? And I like pay as quickly as possible and I don't have time to actually pay because we don't do that anymore. We just tap to pay, right? So I tap to pay right quick and, and then I'm driving off and I grab the girls and I throw them in the car and I drive 90 miles an hour back to the house and then I hop out and once again, I just leave the girls in the car and I run inside and I fill the pot with water and I put the, wa the pot on the uh, stove and the clock on the stove says 5.30. I went back in time a half hour. I mean, I was going fast, but I didn't know I was going that fast. And then Eden tells me, yeah, you didn't change your clock. That was daylight savings. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, love. That's great. But I think after that like few minutes of realizing all of that, I think the next thing that I realized was how much of a jerk I was to everyone around me. Like I was completely rude with backing out of the car, or backing out of the driveway at a billion miles an hour, driving recklessly down the road way too fast. You know, I get to the car, I mean, we get to the store, completely just leaves the kids, who cares? Hit this lady, give her a half-hearted apology while I'm like running into the store don't care about the people that I'm paying, right? Just run away, completely recklessly drive back home, right? But on top of all of that, I told the kids we were having a daddy-daughter date. This was supposed to be a special time for them, and instead I treated them like garbage. They were a nuisance to me for the past half hour. That's what hurry does to us. The moment we get hurried about all the things the only thing we see is ourselves. And would it really have mattered had I been late to church? Let's say that the time had actually been right and we showed up a half hour late to church. Would that really have changed everything? So I gave up my spirituality to make a deadline that didn't even matter. And I think that hit me really hard that night. And I really, I, I had to go and apologize to the girls because I was, I was completely inappropriate with them, you know? Is it more important to be on time? Is it more important to do the things 
or to live a godly life. God gave us the 10 most important things for us to learn to do. And we've given that up because we invented a clock. We all want to hear God's voice and we all want God to be a part of our lives and we want to walk hand in hand with God. How can you walk hand in hand with God when you can't even slow down and listen to your children? And yet you want the being who controls all the earth to what? Write something on a stop sign? He's not gonna write it on the stop sign. You have to take the time to slow down, actually listen to what he has to say. That's the purpose of the Sabbath. The purpose of the Sabbath is to stop. Not to rest, yes, rest, but stop and listen to God and have a connection with him. That is what we're missing while we're missing the Sabbath. The third thing that I want to bring up this morning, like I said, there's a laundry list of things, but the third thing that I want to bring up is that you are just not that important. And that's honestly, out of the list, that's honestly the hardest one for me. Producing is definitely a part of my being, but This one is way harder for me because I, for some reason, feel like the life will not continue if I don't do X, Y, or Z. That church cannot happen if I'm not here to run the soundboard. Y'all may as well just throw your hands up and go home because I got to be running that soundboard. Somehow I've become my own God in my own little universe thinking that I control things. So there's this other really, really, really awesome book. It's a very tough read. You should definitely spend the time. It's awesome. Um, Sorry, I'm looking for the name of it. The Exodus You Almost Passed Over. Um, It's this really, really, really in-depth study on Exodus um, done from a Jew's perspective on the Jews Really, really awesome. But the point that I'm going to bring out of it right now um, is that our plans cannot ruin God's plan. Um, So God's plan was to create a holy nation set aside for all of the world to see his holy nation. Okay? So the first part of this was he put Moses and brought Moses to Pharaoh and was hoping, maybe if I get lucky, Pharaoh will, will get all of the Egyptians and convert all of the Egyptians. And the Egyptians and the Jews can both be my people and they will shine to the whole world. Think about the difference that that would have made. Because the Egyptians were already the ruling nation. If, if the Egyptians would have become God's holy people the whole world would have been God's holy people. So that's what I, this is my plan. My plan is to get Moses and we're going to convert the Egyptians. This is going to be great. And Pharaoh said, nay, nay, I don't like you. Okay, well, that's fine, whatever. Didn't screw up God's plan, right? So the second thought was, all right, well, maybe I won't convert the Egyptians, but the Jews will have a great working relationship with them. And the Jews will be in Egypt working with the Egyptians, even though they're not 
the Egyptians still worship their own gods, they're going to be working hand in hand. And Pharaoh was like, no, 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 that's not how this works. Either you're my slave or you die. And God was like, no, no, that's not how it works. Instead, we're going to do the reverse of that. So God killed off all of the firstborn and then took his people and made their own nation out of slaves. And what he told Pharaoh and all of the world is, yeah, you may rule the whole world, but you can't screw up my plans. And it's a really, really powerful thing because the most powerful man at the time in the entire world, he had no control over the destiny. And yet somehow I feel like I'm in control of everything around me. And that's how I live my life as if I am in control. Uh, There's a lot of really cool things to unpack with that. But I think that's the thing that I want to key in on is that we are not in control. God is God. We are, we're lower than low. So if you put yourself, if you put us in God's role and our children in our current role, right? So I'm going to the store, right? And my plan is we're going to get groceries and we're going to cook dinner and then everyone's going to bed. That's my plan, right? And I'm going to bring my kids with me, right? And this can go one of a couple ways. One is my kids can throw a fit and they can fight and no one can be happy, right? And if that is how this plays out, then people get spankings and they don't get to eat the dinner and they go to bed hungry. That doesn't change the fact that I'm going to go to the store and I'm still going to buy groceries and I'm still going to cook dinner for me and I'm still going to go to bed happy. Like, I'm still good with that. Now, it could be a lot better. And the ideal circumstance is they come with me and they have a lot of fun and we sing and, hey, we got a little extra time. Y'all want to go to the toy section? And we walk back and forth through the toys. And then what would y'all like for dinner? Well, I would like this. Perfect. We're going to have that for dinner. And we have a great night and we cook their wonderful dinner that they planned and we all have fun. But one way or another, what they wanted, they, made, they could either make my life harder or easier, but the plan was still going to happen. And I think that has to be the way that we view this, right? God, God's plan is God's plan. And look, I can help him out and do things. I can definitely like work and study the Bible with people and I can talk with people and whatever, and I can help build up the church. But one way or another, like what I do doesn't actually change his plan. He'll either find someone else or he'll do it a different way. Like his plan is his plan, regardless of what I do. Um, And that is one of the main things that we have to remember on the Sabbath um, is that his plan is the plan. We don't have to work. We don't have to do things. I am not that important that I can change God's plan. Taking a few hours to rest doesn't change the grand scheme of things. And this is literally only the tip of the iceberg. Literally, like, there's a thousand things that I wanted to talk about. Um, Why is it important to intentionally inconvenience ourselves? Um, Because 
it took the day before the Sabbath to, um, to get everything prepared for the Sabbath to not work. And then the day after the Sabbath to fix all the things that weren't able to happen during the Sabbath. So you spent three days to take care of one day of rest. Why is that important? Um, why is it important or how can we learn that God is enough? How can we learn to stop creating? Why is it important that we understand that God stopped creating? And on the seventh day, he stopped. Um, why is it important to learn that we can't fudge the Sabbath? Uh, it is very specific that not, not only they can't work, but their slaves can't work, their donkey can't work, nobody's working. Why is that important? Um, why is the Sabbath not only for us, but for everyone around us? Um, how does this tie into the year of Jubilee and the year of release and all the other Jewish holidays? How does the Sabbath tie into that? And what's the importance of that? Um, there's so many things that the Sabbath teaches us. Um, why, why was Jesus not brought in the age of technology? Like he could have converted the whole world by having his own podcast. Like, literally, there's so many things we can learn from the Sabbath. Deep, deep truths that I literally can't even begin to talk about. Because we don't even understand the basics. I would love to start going through some of these. But what I want to do now is tell you what I do. Um, I started my journey listening to the Bema podcast, which I know I'm not preaching the gospel of Bema. You do not have to listen to Bema to be a disciple. But I started listening to it, and his very first episode is about the Sabbath and about um, God resting, um, about God stopping. Um, and he brings up some really good points that I'd never even considered. And the more that I looked into it, it was as if my entire Christian life, I'd been singing the melody of a song and not even realizing that there's a whole chorus. That there, I mean, when we sing, we have four singers because there are four parts to the song. There's a soprano, there's an alto, there's a tenor, there's a bass. And yet all I've ever known was the melody. And there was so much deeper there that I needed to understand. Amen. And so I looked at the Sabbath and I looked at my life and how do I make this happen? And I went on this crazy journey. Um, and I, what does this mean? And how do I do that? And how do I fit this in? And can I actually take a day? Does that make sense for us? How, does I, how do I make my family take the day? Do I have to take it the exact same way the Jews did? And I went on this journey, right? And now what I do, I told you I play, I, I wake up at 5 a.m. every morning and I play video games for a half hour. And it really is, it's fantastic and I love it. And then after that, when the timer goes off, I do 15 minutes of yoga. And while I'm doing yoga, it is about honing my body, but it is more about honing my mind. Um, and I recite the Jesus Shema specifically to me. And it is here, Brian, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your wealth and love others as he has loved you. And I recite that over and over and over and over again while I'm doing yoga. And after I'm done, I end up kneeling 
Um, and me and God have 15 minutes of meditation. And that looks very different depending on how God kind of leads the situation. Some days me and God have like this really cool conversation and it legitimately feels like conversation. Um, it feels two directional. Um, it is not like prayer, which is very clearly like I got a path and I'm going like it's, it's like a conversation. We have a path, but we also branch off. Or some days it's complete silence um, and my brain shuts off. Um, and then some days um, I hear everything around me and I hear the way that I breathe and I hear the way that the kids are starting to move upstairs and I hear the first uh, bird chirping for the day. Um, I hear the heater right next to me and it's almost so loud that it's like deafening the silence in my ears. Um, and I finish by saying a prayer that God, you are amazing. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for my family. I pray to do this again tomorrow. Um, and I do it every day. Uh, even on days that I work, um, I don't play video games because I can't play video games in the hospital. Um, but I go to the stairwell at between 3.30 and 4.00. Um, and I do the exact same thing. And every day, this is my Sabbath to the Lord. And I'm putting myself in my place and realizing where I should be, looking back to where I came from, remembering who God is. I go through all of the seven important things and I put those deeply into my life because that's how I will see all of the other spiritual truths. And legitimately, I can tell when I've gone a day without. A day without literally, it hurts every aspect of my life. It hurts my mental health, hurts my family, it hurts my spiritual walk, it hurts everything that I do. Um, uh, yes, golly, so many things, so many things. So I think what... I want to send to y'all the thing, the reason why I bring this up this morning is because I want you to find your way to do the Sabbath. I want you to understand that this is incredibly important and go on a journey. I've been doing it for three years and I feel like I'm still, I don't feel like I do still completely fail at what the Sabbath is. There are many aspects that I don't do. Like I don't share the Sabbath. Um, I don't include my family in the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is truthfully supposed to be like a community thing. You're supposed to share it with your community so that way your community can share it with the world. Um, and I don't do that. I, I haven't figured out how to do that yet. Um, so go on a journey. Find it. Um, one, uh, one of the guys that I was listening to about his Sabbath, um, he shaves his head every day. Um, and part of his Sabbath is that that morning, he doesn't shave his head. Um, he apparently really doesn't like shaving his head. He likes his head being shaved, but doesn't like shaving it. So he takes the day off. But it also reminds him that his appearance isn't that important. That people may judge him, but God doesn't change his judgment based on his appearance. Um, so maybe that's the thing for you. Maybe the thing for you is 
that you don't do any homework that day. Maybe your homework is flexible and you can do extra on the day before and you do extra on the day after, but the day of you don't do. Maybe that's the way you do it. But find out how you are going to do it. Find a way that you will not be a producer, that you will relax and rest in God, that you will set aside this time. Maybe it's singing songs. Maybe singing to God and changing your heart to be in alignment with him through song. Uh, maybe it's not buying anything. That's something that I literally, like the, yesterday or the day before, I just brought up to Tiffany. I was like, maybe we shouldn't buy anything on a Sabbath day uh, because otherwise I'm forcing other people to work on my Sabbath and that's not appropriate. Uh, so finding out how to make this fit into your life. What is your Sabbath look like? How will you go through and remind yourself that God is the most important thing, that you are not important? Remind yourself where you came from. Remind yourself to set time aside for God that this is his time and that you are not a producer and what you produce doesn't matter. Let's close out with a prayer. I'm sorry, I want to end it with this poem. I'm sorry. Uh, this poem says, um, I am willing to rest. It feels like I can't write, rest right now, but I am willing. My willingness provides a space within which God can work to bring me out to find a place of rest. Whether my mind is busy or whether my mind is quiet, I am willing to spend this time in stillness and in quiet. I am willing to meet any thought of resistance with love and acceptance. I am willing, O oh God to rest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Father, I pray to find our rest in you, Father. I pray this morning, Father, to put this deeply into our lives, Father. I pray that the Sabbath becomes important. I pray that we learn to do it in such a way that you have designed it, Father. I'm sorry for our negligence. I'm sorry for our neglect that we as a people have done wrong by you in forgetting this. I pray to come back to you. I pray to return to your faith in this way, Father. And I pray that we will find refreshment and joy from it. I pray that we will be a light onto everyone else because of it. Thank you for being a God of forgiveness, and of joy, and of grace. Thank you, and in your son's name, amen.